You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. It's midnight Hi, this is DJ Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto, the land of raccoons, and I think spring is finally here. I'm accompanied, of course, by my partner in crime and brother from another mother, The Wasteland. Who uh, had a very busy weekend. Did you, you know how polite Detroit is? I just want to say that. Detroit is polite. Detroit is very polite. Everybody I met, like, like walking down the street on Easter, just random people were like, happy Easter. I was like, yeah, happy Easter. Why not? <laughs> know what i'll take that as a win that's that's not so bad it was unexpected huh. well and what were you doing in detroit for easter weekend? i went to the very first fixation uh i guess festival event it was uh two days of music and fun in small's bar which is not as small as you think by the name but smaller than i've seen most of those bands in for venues before amazing so. Go look it up if you want to see what it was, because hopefully they do it again. I really hope they do it again. Yeah, it was it was an excellent looking lineup, but I don't want to ramble on too much about Easter shenanigans because we have a guest this evening with us. We are here on the podcast with our friend Shelly House, who you may know as a music activist. I think that's the best title that that's the most appropriate and best title that we could uh, we could use here. She is joining us from the UK. Welcome, Shelley. Hi, and I love that description. Actually, that really works. Totally works for me. I like that music activist. I remember that. <laughs> TM credited here. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's really lovely is we wanted to have this conversation with you because. On the podcast, we do varying interviews with DJs and musicians, and it was it's really nice to have an opportunity to sit down and chat with you because of the various projects that you've initiated. But to get ourselves started and to give our audience an idea of who you are and what you're all about, tell us about your journey as a music fan. What was your gateway into this genre of music? Okay. Well, I guess I was really lucky because growing up in England, what we actually consider alternative music is was actually mainstream. It was on the radio. It was on the TV. There were a few exceptions, obviously, you know, Top of the Pops wouldn't play it or whatever, but, but for the most part, it was mainstream. So it was played everywhere, at least until sort of the, the sort of, late mid to late 80s when it kind of became the stock ache and waterman real crappy shit but up until that point all the early 80s stuff mid 80s stuff just got played everywhere so it wasn't you know it really just wasn't something that you chose i mean obviously i always was into black and i was always into being alternative that came naturally anyway but it wasn't a conscious, I must do this because this music is brilliant. It was just everywhere anyway. Um, I was too young for punk because, you know, I just was, uh, although I did get to appreciate that later. And really, I was probably too young for the really early 80s stuff too. But we had cable TV. We were quite lucky where we were. So we had this channel called Music Box. So I'd even get to sit and watch the, the early 80s videos as well. So I was probably quite a bit ahead of a lot of my friends as well, to be honest. So I was really lucky. And I remember when I was nine, my dad took me to a music festival in Cornwall mainly to be honest so he could hang out with his hippie mates and smoke dope so basically <laughs> so you know it was great though I was basically feral but I was fed not by him necessarily maybe one of his friends but anyway um but the headliner was actually Susie and the Banshees 
Oh, wow. I know. I mean, obviously at the time I had no idea how amazing that was. That's probably the closest I've ever been to being cool. Um, and no one appreciated it when I told them because it was on the radio anyway, so it was mainstream. But looking back, I was actually quite a cool kid, quite by accident. Um, in terms of the festival itself, I mean, I don't remember an awful lot. Couldn't see a lot because I was short. And uh, I do remember it, obviously. But um, the main thing I remember had absolutely nothing to do with Susie and the Banshees at all, or even Chaz and Dave. I don't know if you know them. They're kind of like a, it's almost like a pub band, but bigger. But they hmm. would sing about, they, there was a song called Rabbit, 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 which might have made it over there. I don't know. But anyway, so they were quite cool in an ironic sort of way. But anyway, obviously Susie was the main attraction. But what I really remember most about it was um, it was in an old stately home, which I don't obviously know how familiar your view, uh, your listeners are with you know, how, what English stately homes are like. But quite often they have these big old stone pools, which more recently would be like a big concrete pool, but obviously it was older, so stone. And they basically collect rainwater, not heated, so absolutely freezing in the summer. But because this was basically a hippie festival, everyone was naked. So all I remember as a nine-year-old really is a lot of willies. So yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> So brilliant. I saw Susie and the Banshees and Chaz and Dave. But what I remember most of all is the fact that there was a hell of a lot of patchouli as well. Um, but Willis, basically lots and lots of Willis. This nine-year-old is like, oh, my God, Willis. I mean, boobs too, but being a girl and straight and all the rest of it, you know, I kind of like, Willis. So I'm sure in the long term that the Susie and the Banshees thing had more of an impact. But certainly at the time, it was definitely the Willis. <laughs> But, um, but anyway, I got to be cool for five minutes and I found out quite recently, actually, that the following year they did this festival again. I mean, it only lasted a few years and it was the cure that year. But my dad didn't bloody take me. I was so pissed off with him. I mean, I only found out recently, so it's not like it affected me at the time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was pretty cool. I mean, my first gig that I went to as an, you know, all by myself without an adult was when I was 16. And that was actually Prince, which I'm sure you appreciate, Laura. <sighs> I know. It's the only time I ever saw him. But it was bloody amazing. So I'm so glad I did. One more than either of us. So I know. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm really glad I did because it was absolutely amazing. So but in terms of music generally, I mean, I do have pretty varied tastes um, because good music's good music regardless of the genre. And I guess I grew up because of my parents listening to a lot of the hippie stuff and the folk music and even the stuff that maybe now I would call middle of the road. I still think shaped me in some way, if you know what I mean. And um and in the 90s, I got I was already sort of into all the alternative stuff. But in the 90s, I got into rock in quite a big way. So I still love a lot of that. But ultimately, I guess my true passion is goth or what I would call goth adjacent music, all the alternative stuff, the post-punk, all the other subgenres, which I basically am really crap at naming. But, you know, all of that stuff. And also lyrics. I've always been really into lyrics because it's basically poetry to music, isn't it? So um, if it's dark chances are I'm going to love it. If it means something to me personally, then guaranteed I'm going to love it even more. So yeah, that's kind of how I got there, I guess. Wow. Okay. So what's your favorite song of the moment? To be honest, it's impossible to pick a favorite or even a favorite band at the moment because there's so much amazing new stuff that's coming out from all directions. Anyone who still thinks that alternative music died in the 80s or even the 90s really needs to open their eyes and ears because it's an absolutely amazing time to be a music fan we're so privileged and spoiled um every time i hear something brilliant which is all the time frankly i just want everyone else to hear it too so i guess that's become my mission in life or one of them anyway so yeah i just can't choose it's that good wow okay cool. fair fair so we 
we've called you a, a music activist. And again, your love of music uh, and, and sharing that love of music, it's, it's really such an infectious, amazing thing. You began things with uh, Goths for Sanctuaries. That's when I remember we first got acquainted. When did Goth for Sanctuaries start and what inspired you to start that up? Well, it started in 2020. We were in the middle of lockdown, came up with the idea of it in June, and then the first festival was in September. What inspired it? It was a mixture of things, really. Before COVID or before lockdown, I did a lot of animal rights stuff. But obviously, with lockdown, I couldn't do any of that. Although the one positive was that because of lockdown, there was less necessity because the fox hunts, for example, couldn't go out and hunt. So they didn't need to be sabotaged. So there were some small mercies. But the one thing that kept me sane, like so many others, was music. And thanks to Twitch, I got to know some DJs, which is kind of weird looking back, because in the real world, prior to all of this, I never would have approached a DJ or a band, because I would just worship them from afar. They were my idols, way too cool for me. I mean, I can't even imagine, well, three or four years ago, I'd even be talking to you because you're too cool, you know? And it's just like, it's really weird that actually you're my friends now, you know? It's kind of, still needs to sort of reality check sometimes. But anyway, getting back to it, sorry, waffling. Um, but yeah, I'd seen raid train events on Twitch, where DJs would do a set and then raid into the next one. And my first experience of that was the amazing one that Ollie, DJ Cyberpagan, set up for World Goth Day. So I mm-hmm. thought it might be quite a good thing to do one, um, obviously smaller scale initially anyway, um, with a few DJs to raise money for animal sanctuaries. Because obviously with everyone being in lockdown, they were struggling even more than usual because they couldn't have visitors. And of course, nobody had any money either. So um, I kind of thought it would, be, it would be really cool to do that. But I also wanted to do something for the community. I felt like we all really appreciated what these DJs and bands were doing. So I wanted to, I don't know, sort of pull us together, I guess, and give us something positive while the world was going to shit. So initially, I asked a few DJ friends if they'd be up for it, which of course they were. Then it snowballed, more DJs wanted to be a part of it. And then I thought, yeah, why not ask a couple of bands? And I didn't even start small. I asked the chameleons, for God's sake. And um, they were like, and then Cooper Succubus, both of whom said yes. And it was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So then I ended up asking more bands. And it was evident pretty quickly this wasn't just going to be a 24-hour event. So I kind of changed my vision on it, really. Um, I realised that people were really getting behind the cause and actually also putting their trust in me, who basically nobody knew at this point because I had been really quiet, even on Twitch. I wasn't one to be in the chat because I'm actually shy. So it was kind of like, oh, my God, these people, not only are they lovely, but they're actually trusting that I can pull this off shit so uh you know I thought well I could do something really amazing here then so it really restored my faith in the goodness of people too so obviously while helping the animal sanctuaries and the rescues was still the main objective I wanted to create something that the community as a whole would get behind and enjoy and hopefully be inspired by but I also wanted to give something back to the DJs and the bands as well because obviously they've been the ones keeping us sane so the least I could do was showcase their talent so kind of I was my thinking on it I suppose was if each band just got one more fan that bought their records or showed up for a gig once they could tour again then it was totally worth it so obviously as everyone involved can attest and also the people watching it it did end up you know turning into a bloody monster ended up being completely global with DJs from all over the world almost 100 bands contributing anything from sort of videos previous gig footage some of them were able to specially record a video or or even a full set. And in some cases, we actually had some real live streams that took place there and then on those days. So, um, you know, it was you know five days, basically, with an after party on the sixth day. So, yeah, that was the first one. So I really did think that it was a one-off thing. I did burn out, if I'm honest, because it's not something I'd ever done before. And I took on more than I 
could come to be managed, really. I don't regret it, obviously, but I was kind of aware of, yeah, burnout, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of lost my mojo a bit too. So I never intended to do a second one. But then, um, obviously, we know that we did do a second one because it was last Easter. And this time it was even bigger with more DJs. And we ended up with about 200 bands, I think, in the end. And it pretty much lasted a week. So it is insane when you think about it. Oh, so um, does it take that as like a small army to get it all organized or are you just doing it all by yourself? It is both, which I know sounds contradictory. I do do the bulk of it. I mean, obviously, I do the contacting of the bands and the booking of them. Same with the DJs. I get all the submissions in, so I'm collecting those and quality checking them, which obviously, to be honest, is the best part of it. But then there's the not-so-fun parts, like sorting out the scheduling, which I really hate because uh, it is like DJ and band jigsaw because obviously, with it being global, I'm working across 10 different time zones. My head really hurts, and I always worry that I'm going to screw up a time zone thing or somewhere and someone's going to end up being slotted at like five o'clock in the morning or something for their time zone and stuff but touch wood so far I haven't screwed it up but honestly I have an absolutely amazing team for the creative and technical aspects because I have no artistic talent of my own I've tried sadly I fail and as for tech well anyone who knows me will tell you that I'm basically a Luddite um, so in terms of people that were really involved I mean George Strix he did the stunning original artwork which is just fabulous then Sean DJ Detra did the amazing graphics, flies and posters for the first event. And obviously the very talented Laura, Mrs. McCushion, she did the wonderful graphics, flies and posters for the last one. So, you know, thank you for that, Laura. Um, then you've got Hi-Fi Hillary. She bought the domain name so that we could actually have a website, set it all up because I wouldn't have had a clue how to do that. And she's basically been my right hand and everything. Whereas Ollie, DJ Cyberpeg, has been my left hand. He set up the Twitch channel. He created the frame that goes around the screen, as well as tutorials for all the DJs. And obviously I worked out the schedule, but it was all on a multicolored spreadsheet, which you could, no way you could share that into the public. So he put it into something usable. And uh, so between them, they've basically been my go-to for anything technical as well. And uh, who else? Well, basically... They help with editing too, and also Rockin' Robert C., one of the DJs, he's been a huge help in putting stuff together. In the first one in particular, on the Thursday, we had hours and hours and hours that was just band stuff, gig footage, videos, stuff that they recorded specially. And, and we did have a few live streams as well, but, um, but he basically strung it all together so that we could do it in big sections. And uh, we didn't need to do that so much in the second one. We kind of organised it a little bit better. But again, you know, really, really helpful. So um, we had the New Order Melbourne, the ladies, Anarchy and Eris. They've always gone above and beyond anything that could ever be expected of them. Where they're in Australia and it's kind of like, it's kind of an awkward time zone to fill with anyone other than Australians or potentially West Coast Americans. So mm -hmm. they've ended up doing hours and hours and hours. Um, on They obviously did their own live stream, which was hours long anyway. But then I think they ended up doing something like four out of five nights hosting bands or just doing other stuff too. So, I mean, they were absolutely amazing. Last time around, a little bit more gentle with them. I managed to get a few more West Coast Americans to stream. But, um, but again, I mean, Wolf from New Order was really helpful too, although obviously he's not a lady, but he did a lot of help too. And then, uh, you know, again, yourself, Mortasha Kinski, Hi-Fi Hillary, Marlin from Geist About Nights, also recorded intros for the bands, which was brilliant because that made it so much more professional. And 
yeah, most of the DJs, they've included at least some band videos or sets in their streams, which is honestly what makes it even possible. Everyone had a part to play in it. And honestly, I wish I could name everybody. But certainly, Matasha, um, Fox Sinistra, Miss Margot, Hi-Fi Hillary, DJ Cyber Pagan, The New Order, Geist of Art Nights, Steve, DJ Slave Zero, Rockin' Robert C, and then Dominic, DJ Evangel. They've done way more than their share doing extra hours than just you know a couple of hours or whatever because they would be part of the whole thing and okay so I can do five hours here or I can do this here which meant that I could actually accommodate all the bands because they were the hosts they were showing the stuff you know so it just made it so much easier and without them I never could have pulled it off and uh yeah I also obviously I do want to thank DJ Evangel too because as I said, I burnt out after the first one. I did lose my mojo and my confidence. I really never thought I could do another one, but he kind of kicked my ass, basically. And once I got going on it again, it was like, oh, yeah, my mojo's back. Funny that, isn't it? You do something productive that's actually worthwhile. And funny enough, your mojo comes back. So that's my advice to everybody. If you're feeling like shit, do something good. Yeah. And I mean, the way that all came together, it was a really remarkable event, helping get everybody's uh, spirits up and that energy up in such a rough time because during lockdowns when everybody was just apart and and just trying to manage the, you know staying sane Basically, uh, yeah. it it was such a wonderful thing to look forward to and and again doing something for animals and and taking care of animal sanctuaries all over the world was really a lovely cause as well um cuz i myself am also vegan how you uh, you happen to be vegan too? Yeah. How long have you been vegan? I think I'm coming out to eight years next month. Or it might even be this month, actually. What are we in April? It's about eight years this month, actually. So not as Amazing. long as a lot of you people. A lot of you, sorry, you people. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I've put it this way. I've met a lot, a hell of a lot of vegan DJs from America. And I know you're in Canada, but obviously you are American. Who's been vegan for like 20, 30 years? And I'm like, I couldn't even conceive of that. I went veggie at 11, so I've been veggie all my life. But I didn't go vegan till eight years ago. And I would have done it sooner had I known. But like a lot of people, you know, I thought, oh, I can't give up cheese. I can't give up eggs. I can't give up mayonnaise. As soon as you do, you think, why didn't I do this sooner? So, yeah, you know, I, I am vegan and I'm, you know, properly vegan and everything. Like I said, animal rights activist as well under normal circumstances. So, but, but yeah, it's definitely something I should have done sooner. But, you know, I'm there now. So. Hey, exactly. It's not a contest and exactly. uh, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter. It's it's awesome that uh, that that is something that's part of your life, uh, and it's definitely something that's near and dear to my heart as well. Mm, I know, yeah. So, uh, what prompted you, or what prompted the new music resources for DJs Facebook group? Not a really brilliant name, is it? But anyway, that's the best I could come up with, and no one's come up with anything better. Um, as I said earlier, <laughs> when I hear something, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bit of shit. Um, when I hear something amazing, I really want everyone to hear it, and I know that I'm not alone in thinking that. So, although I'm not a DJ myself or anything really, I realise that as a result of Gospel Sanctuaries, I've kind of got an excellent platform now, and I've earned the respect of some in the community. So, as I believe in paying it forward, I really wanted to do more. And shortly after last year's event, a couple of things happened that really inspired me to start it. Firstly, Jared from the band Sea Lungs, who are from Australia, um, because he sent me a copy of the song Truffle Pig, Truffle Pig long before it was released. And I loved it so much. I wanted it heard by as many people as possible. Obviously, I had to wait until it was released. But it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you shared it with me so early, you know. And I just felt 
that was lovely, you know. And then around the same time, Ed, who manages the band's October Burns Black and NFD, he sent me a preview and a download code for the new October Burns Black album before that came out. And obviously I felt really grateful, but I kind of felt like a fraud. So I kind of thought, well, how can I make myself feel like I earn it? Okay, got in touch with a bunch of DJs that I know who didn't already have it, made sure they got hold of it so they'd spin it, promote it and everything else. I thought, okay, I've kind of earned mine now. So um, so I thought, you know what, I could do this all the time. So why not get other people to do the same? So I realised we are so privileged because there is so much amazing music out there. And no matter how crappy our lives might be, we can all spare five minutes even just to sort of pay it forward and support the creativity and the talent in our scene in any way we can. So kind of the vision of the group is to eventually get every single alternative DJ on the planet, whether they're club DJs, Twitch DJs, radio DJs, whatever combination of all of them. They could be big, small. They might only DJ to their mates. I really don't care if they're a DJ. Join the group, collectively share the love. I post Bandcamp links and info about all the new releases that I know about as they come out. Bandcamp day, a Bandcamp Friday is totally insane. Literally takes all day long, but it's a good problem to have because there is so much good stuff. And I basically want other people to do the same, not necessarily the insanity of Bandcamp Friday, but if you come across somebody that, that you know, it might be someone that's local to you that you really want to champion, or perhaps they're not known outside of the respective sort of geographical area and they should be, stuff like that get on board you know get tell us about them share their stuff so that the rest of us can know about them too i mean we are now with the internet and for all its faults with the internet it doesn't matter that we're like opposite sides of the world we're all connected so you know if you know someone well bloody well share it to the rest of us because i guarantee if they're good other people are going to like them too and i also get it as well that you know some djs like to have an exclusive or something a bit secret and oh, i discovered this and i totally get that and i'm not saying don't do that but once you've done the i discovered them part please just tell us then because we're all music fans before we're djs or promoters or anything so let's do this and make a difference because we know there's no money in the alternative music scene unless you're really bloody lucky. So yes, I'm an idealist, but I am also a realist. But if one fan buys a record or goes to a gig because of something you did, the way I see it, everybody wins, especially you, because that band's going to love you forever and you are always going to get the stuff before everybody else. I love hearing your your passion and, and the energy that you have for music. And it, it it's really, your work is really a testament to, hey, this is such a DIY kind of scene. You can really just go out and do something because when you feel so strongly about this type of music, these particular causes, you don't have to wait for permission to do something. You just get out there and do it. And I really appreciate and love that. <laughs> I, I, I just think the, uh, the whole, I want people to hear the good music. That's like, are you sure you're not a DJ? Like, <laughs> if I could, if I, do you know what? I've actually been asked to DJ and I would love to, not to, I don't, I mean, I would never ever compare myself to an existing DJ because my music knowledge is actually shit. I know what I like. I kind of touched on it before, but you asked me what genre or subgenre, more to the point, something belongs in. I am completely clueless. So I couldn't, I would be a total fraud. But, that's not to say that I wouldn't happily play, you know, my music, but I technically, I wouldn't have a bloody clue. I'm just, it scares the shit out of me. So you're all no, safe. You're your there. jobs are all safe. <laughs> I think you're halfway there. I mean, can you count to four? Then you're like more I than halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's true. No, I've seen your setups on Twitch and all the equipment you've got. And I mean, I've got a, 
I've actually, well, I did have a DJ headset, but it made my ears hurt, so I gave it away. So my headset's actually a gaming one, even though I'm not a gamer. But there you go. So I have got that, and I've got a laptop, but that is literally all I have. And honestly, yeah, no, you're all right. You're all safe. I'm not suddenly <laughs> going to, like, take over the world with my amazing DJ skills, because A... I don't think I would be that amazing, although, as I say, it might be something to put on the bucket list. I wouldn't mind to go at it sometime, but, but only as a sort of, you know, a hobbyist, never as a professional or anything. And never say never. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, in February, you put together Goths for Earthquake Relief on Twitch. Tell us how that came together so quickly. Okay, well, it was basically Fabio, Dr. Jeep from Whispering Darkness that came up with the idea. And uh, he discussed it with Ollie, DJ Cyberpagan, basically to get him on board, but also to ask him, did he think I'd be up for it? Somehow they established, yeah, of course you will, ask me. And I wasn't going to say no, was I? I mean, it was, the whole situation was unbelievably heartbreaking. So, yeah, um, so obviously I was on board. So I had to approach this one differently, though. I mean, usually with the Gospel Sanctuaries, I have a good six weeks, two months if I'm really lucky, sort of plan everything so I can properly contact the DJs, properly contact the bands, personal messages, all that kind of stuff. But because we needed to move fast here, I didn't have that at all. So I got in touch with Charlotte from Duct Tape, who is obviously Turkish, lives in Turkey. She mm-hmm. got in touch with other Turkish bands and artists. And she also put me in touch with Gosdev. Oanimo, who is again Turkish, but she lives in Sweden. So she got in touch with many of her friends. So there were a lot of Swedish bands you probably noticed as well. And, you know, a few others as well. And uh, obviously, then I put posts up on my own Facebook page, went into the Sounds and Shadows group, appealing for bands, put requests for help into the Gossip Sanctuaries DJ group, which is basically where all the DJs that have done either of the festivals kind of live, so that I could reach them all in one go. And the same with the new music resources DJ group, I put thing in there anyone up for this you know we'd pick a date we'd pick the dates and everything and and all that kind of stuff so like I say I couldn't send the individual messages out to bands and DJs not until they were on board anyway obviously then I had to communicate with them but it was a completely different flow to how I would normally do it so it was really a combined effort from Charlotte, Gostam, and myself, plus word of mouth that got the bands and DJs involved. So that took out a lot of the time that would normally take because it was literally, we're doing this, who's in, you know, and, and that's kind of what happened. And as far as everything else is, the basic event infrastructure was already there because we used the Gospel Sanctuary's main Twitch channel to sort of do the event. We have the test channel so the DJs can test their setup. You know, obviously we have the frame so they could check that was in place and all that kind of stuff. We used the last lot of flyers from Gospel Sanctuary, repurposed those um, with Ollie adding, DJ Cyberpagan that is, um, adding in the buildings. And then Charla, she edited the bottom section because obviously having dancing Goss was kind of deemed a little bit inappropriate under the circumstances so she removed that and she did all of the band and dj graphics so between them they did an absolutely amazing job then obviously we had this tried and tested formula that we'd used before where djs showed the videos and live streams of the bands as part of their sets to actually enable us to fit in more so we just kept that it already worked we knew it worked not every dj does that because some you know for whatever reason they've got shorter sets or they don't feel confident and that's absolutely fine it's not something that's a requirement but it's a big help for those that do Mm -hmm. so we managed to actually cram in a lot but still managed to keep it in a two-day event which was a hell of an achievement all by itself because i never ever thought that was possible with me so you know it was pretty cool we did manage to actually stick to two days and uh, in terms of donations as well Fabio um, he put together a simple PayPal link so that that's all anyone needs to do is just click on this and, and just 
pay their donations. And then thanks to the last push, I mean, obviously we had Jay, the Wasteland here, being the person that took that did the last stream, that took the party home. And between his push, Fabio obviously had woken up by then because he's Italian, so he was on board again. We had a UK DJ, DJ Dust, who also sort of came and joined the chat. So between the four of us, we were kind of like, come on, guys, let's go for this. Let's see if we can make 3,000. And we did. We reached a 3,000 euro target. So considering the event was put together in less than 10 days, probably closer to a week, and actually only lasted for two days, it was pretty amazing, really. And nobody's got any money. So, I mean, 3K euros, that's not bad going, I think. So, yeah, really happy with it. Yeah, I fully agree because it it did come together very quickly, and, uh, and and yeah, everybody jumped on board. And again, that energy it's it's infectious. It's really amazing that uh, you know our our scene is is ready to to jump on for a benefit and say, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's raise some money. Let's uh, take care of this because that was just such a devastating effect. And then, you know. Uh, it's it's amazing how music has such healing qualities as the whole world is on fire basically yeah that's exactly it isn't it i mean there's so much shit going on in the world and we can we can all just uh give up or we can actually okay we've got something that basically keeps us sane so let's share it you know and and yeah we can do amazing things so uh after that you curated a compilation called seismic symphony uh that came together pretty quick after the fundraiser how did you get that together and connect with uh, apocalyptic witchcraft well i initially had the idea while i or it is the seed was planted while i was organizing the earthquake event because one of the artists who took part john from jonathan christian he initially didn't realize it was a live stream event but thought it was for a charity compilation so i said to him at the time hold that thought because once this event is over i actually want to revisit this so uh it kind of had planted the seed it was you know i'm not taking credit for the idea though he didn't directly have it he kind of did so uh, anyway um and then you know the event ended we were all like yay we've achieved the, the target brilliant blah, blah, blah. and within a few hours there was another bloody earthquake same region and it's just like fuck's sake so i just knew i needed to do more so i asked john for advice which was invaluable and the, one of the things that he said was really key get a record label involved so I happened to mention this to Nia, the lady I mentioned about who runs the uh, sanctuary in Ireland and does our Instagram page. And she knew Connor from Apocalyptic Witchcraft. So they've already done some really amazing charity compilations for Sea Shepherd, the National Health Service in the UK, Shelter Homeless Charity. So they were absolutely perfect, totally, you know, my ethos, everything else. And uh, she outlined to Connor my idea. He said for me to get in touch with him, which obviously I did. And it was, it was serendipitous really, because it couldn't have worked out better. Connor and the label have been an absolute joy to work with. And I hope I haven't done his head in too much. Um, but I am so proud of how it's all turned out. Again, it you know, it was quite a fast turnaround again. Um, I'm so grateful, again, for the artists stepping up and, you know, just doing their thing. I mean, I'm really proud of it. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I create, cur curated, not created, curated a large portion of it. Connor did the sort of metal side of things because obviously it's actually a metal label. So I had 40 tracks, he had 12. So, you know, yes, I'm proud of it and I am biased because I curated it. But there's just, I don't know, I just love everybody, the talent, the, the way they stepped up and everything. It was so much fun. And the feedback we've been getting is great too. So, you know, maybe my taste in music isn't so bad after all. But honestly, the hardest part was just limiting myself to 40 tracks because I do know so many talented bands and artists and I do know people that would have 
you know, given anything to be a part of it because, again, they're good people wanting to get behind it. So, you know, I still have dreams of the equivalent of a 10 CD box set digital not to say that cds wouldn't be lovely but you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you know maybe one day that'll happen connor if you're listening are you up for this 10 cd box set you know i hope <laughs> i'm gonna send him a bloody link anyway he's gonna listen he's i'm gonna give him like questions afterwards to make sure he's listening so yeah no connor you're gonna listen but seriously like, <laughs> he's probably like oh my god but anyway um but i could easily fill it with all the amazing people and artists that i'm lucky enough to know now and i'm obviously getting to know new people all the time because people have got friends and they're like well this person will be interested and they get in touch with me or i get linked up or whatever so you know it's just constantly growing it's constantly evolving and it, it's just huge <laughs> for such a small scene it's absolutely bloody massive isn't it i mean it's just like insane how many amazing people there are so uh, i mean i am you know i am a worrier so i am genuinely worried that i might have offended people that i didn't ask so the one way I can remedy that is, as I say, with the 10 CD box set. But I hope no one takes it personally because <laughs> I kind of, I was limited to 40 and it was like, oh, okay. But yeah, so hopefully one day, you know, hint, hint, Connor will work with me again. Maybe 10 CD box sets, unrealistic. <laughs> Maybe it's not. He knows I'll work. So, you know, I could do it. But anyway, I will shut up about that now. Poor Connor. He, hopefully he's still listening and didn't have a heart attack. With yeah, the amount of times you said that, you sound so set on it. It's just, whoo, Connor, Connor, please just, you know, maybe, maybe hit pause. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, edit all this bit out. Poor Connor, edit it all out. (laughs) Well, you do so much for others. What do you do for yourself to unwind? How do you get your mojo back in between festivals, uh, these online festivals that you're organizing? Um, To be honest, I'm really rubbish at self-care, but I am working on getting better at it. I live in a small village, so I'm really lucky because I have some beautiful countryside on my doorstep. So and we've got lakes around here as well. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Cotswolds. I think most people are because it's one of the most beautiful parts of the country. I don't actually live in the Cotswolds, but I live in the Cotswold Water Park. So it's kind of like on the outskirts. So it is really, really pretty around here. So as often as I can, I get out for really long walks just to connect with nature because that does keep me centred. And I've always been very much about nature anyway, which is kind of why I moved out here in the first place. Partly to get away from people as well, I'm not going to lie. Because, yeah, at that point, it was like, yeah, people did my head in. Now I'm kind of like, my faith in human nature has been restored, but it is more within our community. But yeah, so, you know, nature. Um, Recently, I started doing some meditation classes. Um, It's actually with Atta Selena. I don't know if you know her. She's an amazing singer and musician. Yes, yes. Super talented photographer as well. And she's also an absolutely brilliant meditation teacher. Um, I do try and make sure I get my sort of 10 to 20,000 steps a day. And if I don't achieve that from walking, then it definitely comes from sort of having a prance around the kitchen. I do cook too. I'm not a bad cook, but it is mainly prancing. I'll be honest. You know, it's like, you know, food processor, all the veg, because obviously being vegan, everything's vegetables anyway. Food processor, all the veg, bloody some sauce that I concocted, whack it in the oven and have a prance around while it's cooking, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, so, yeah. But I guess my favourite thing is always going to be live music. For my big birthday in December, I went to see the Chameleons twice, Spear of Destiny, Pink Turns Blue, and Hapax as well, which I was so grateful for because obviously they've recently disbanded and I never got to see them otherwise. And then last month, um, Killing Joke was at the Royal Albert Hall, which I don't know how familiar people outside of England are with the Royal Albert Hall, 
but it's basically this amazing venue in London which hosts the really big classical concerts and the last nights of the pro- light of the proms which is basically when all the posh people go and do all their flag waving and sing land of hope and glory and all this yay empire bullshit you know and <laughs> when I was young I kind of wanted to do all that stuff but obviously now I kind of look at it from a oh my god that's really not good sort of perspective so that does not appeal to me in the slightest but but the idea of killing jokes this post-punk kind of from the punk era as well banned in this bloody place where all the posh twats go and wave their flags it's just mental isn't it if that isn't isn't bucket list material i don't know what is so there was no way on earth i was going to miss that so yeah other than that um dead cool are coming over here next month they're playing at slimelight which i'm really really excited about because i've got to be really good friends with them over the last couple of years as well so um i'm going to go up to london spend a few days with them show them around because i've never been here before so i'm going to be sort of like the tour guide and uh, i'm really looking forward to that because it's a long time since i've even lived in london myself so i'm going to get to do all the touristy things too so that's going to be really cool and then after that I'll be off to Germany for my very first, believe it or not. I'm only in England, but it's my first wave of Gothic Treffen. So finally the chance to meet up with so many of her friends that have until now only been online. And Laura, I am so going to get to meet you finally because you were there last year and then I didn't make it. So I'm really, really excited. Yes, we will definitely sync up. Definitely. All right. So uh, what is your next project? What are you going to be working on next? And should we have Connor skip this? for his <laughs> I don't think yeah <laughs> um right eventually I would love to do another gospel sanctuary but now that gigs and festivals are happening again I'm really not sure when that'll be um we did sort of look at spring to see if it was feasible but it's trying to get you know the, enough people that are actually have the free time all at the same time so yeah I don't know when it's going to happen I hope it still can summer's already been ruled out because even I'm going away in the summer so you know it's kind of um maybe autumn possibly i don't know certainly still a place for it i mean twitch is still hugely popular i think now that we've had twitch even though we can go out we kind of still want the best of both worlds in the meantime or you know if i can't do another gospel sectors for whatever reason i'm certainly up for doing smaller scale stuff because there's always going to be a need for fundraisers but it doesn't even have to be charity stuff again it can be about the community you know whatever i mean other people have got ideas it's not all about what i come up with you know i really want i mean the thing that i want to take away more from anything that i've done is i hope i've inspired other people because we've all got ideas we've all got dreams i'm nothing special i just had an idea fortunately i had friends that were crazy enough to back me on it made more friends who then were crazy enough to back me on it and we managed to pull it off and yes it was determination and there was a hell of a lot of hard work so i'm not taken away from that i did work my bloody ass off but um but at the same time i'm not anything that you know that's different to anyone else really anyone can do it so you know if you've got a dream if you've got an ambition if you've got something that is a worthwhile thing you know, do it. I'm more than happy to help. I want to collaborate more because what I take on is too much for me. I'm not going to lie. I need more help. I do need more collaborators, but it works both ways. Let me support you. Let me help you. You know, I'm not claiming to be an expert. I've had a couple of good successful festivals, so I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing, but that doesn't mean that someone else can't do it better. But if we all pull our resources, we can do amazing things i mean i know i keep saying this but it's true you know if someone needs my help i'll gladly give it and anything we want really is possible i would love to do some real life events as 
well eventually I mean I live in a village as I said but the town I used to live in is only 11 miles away so while it does have a bit of a scene it's very much hit and miss we used to have a few great venues but one of them closed down and was turned into flats which was totally heartbreaking because I got to see some brilliant gigs there but sometimes I'd be there and there were only 10 other people so you can totally understand if we don't support what's going on you know if we don't show up to the gigs if we don't do this stuff they are eventually going to close the venues. We so often end up going to Oxford or Bristol or Birmingham or London for gigs. And it really shouldn't have to be like that because it is actually a big town and it could sustain itself if people just rallied. But it's such a hard thing to predict because, you know, I I know a lot of people now and I would love to say, hey, stop by here on your way to wherever. But if then two people show up, it's like, oh my God, I would just be absolutely devastated. So I don't know, I need to figure out how I can do this to make it work where nobody which I suppose anyone who promotes probably had a really horrible story to start with and and they just pushed through and they got there in the end so I don't know but even from a charity point of view though I mean it's like most places we have a lot of homelessness here and again some really amazing organizations that are doing brilliant things and need supporting so again I would love to do something that kind of helps support them. So again, it still comes down to, you know, making things happen in the real world. Because while I have a somewhat decent online reputation somehow, in real life, no one replies to my emails. So I guess, you know, I don't know, I need to do some work there. Um, Other than that, the DJ group keeps me pretty busy. And a few months ago, I created another group to do a similar thing for other creatives, the artists, the photographers, designers, writers, poets, that sort of thing. Again, to sort of have a one-stop resource for creatives to support each other, but also to know where to send potential clients and fans. So like, if you've got someone, for example, who wants to commission a piece of art, why would you go to some random stranger because they happen to be in your area when you can actually come to this one resource and be recommended someone who is in your scene someone that you can get to know someone that is probably going to get a much better concept of what it is you want because they're like you stuff like that so you know it the arts and the creative people they're as important I think as the musicians in a different way but they are as important they're as important as the air that we breathe because with the world being as fucked as it is we need all the beauty we need all the good stuff we need all the love so yeah that's something I want to concentrate on more I mean it fell by the wayside when I started organizing the earthquake event and then obviously the album so it didn't really get much done there at all but that's something that I do want to do something with because I think there is so much hate and selfishness in the world we don't have to be a part of that we don't have to yeah you can't completely take yourself away from it because no one can live in a bubble but if we've all got a safe space where we can create or if you don't have the creativity sort of skills yourself you can at least help empower other creators and I don't know there's just so much we could do and I think if we all just pulled together we could do it yeah absolutely and and yeah again uh, your your passion for this is really admirable and it's really appreciated as well besides okay so there's the new music resources for DJs group on Facebook which has over 400 members on it what other places can folks find you um my Facebook profile is Shelley House it's with two e's because i have to be awkward um the gospel sanctuary is um lo- sort of logo postery thing is my profile picture and I've actually got next to it Shelly House with Shelly Turner in bracket because obviously that's all my old name plus Shelly Plastic Goth which is my Twitch handle just so that if anyone knew me before they kind of see that I am still the same person sort of thing and also if you know me on Twitch and you don't necessarily know my real name it's kind of like oh well, okay this is the same person so so that's my Facebook I 
do have Instagram, but I don't know how to use it, so forget that. Um, Twitter, does anyone even use Twitter anymore? I don't, so forget that. So really, it's just Facebook. Groups-wise, um, the creators group, as I say, I haven't really done anything with it yet, but that's called Cool Creatives. It's an open group, so if you're a photographer or an artist or or you want to be involved to sort of help empower photographers, artists, poets, writers, whatever, then that's the name of that group. Um, the New Music Resources for DJs, that one we as, is a kept as a closed group purely because we want to... Um, concentrate on the purpose and it's not because we don't want anyone in there but as I say if we start getting everybody in there then it kind of dilutes what we're there for so if but if you're a DJ reach out to me and I will gladly send you an invite if you're an artist that you want our help again reach out to me and I will do everything in my power I can to sort of you know to help promote you basically and obviously as I say I'm trying to get the group to be more sort of dynamic and more proactive so right now it might only be 10 DJs that get your stuff but I'm working on it to make sure that maybe not all 400 but certainly the better part of them you know get on board and obviously we add more people to the group to make it so that it's more successful and more sort of useful basically useful to the artists so uh, what else have we got one thing that I run into a lot is I don't know about gigs and festivals necessarily until too late or after they've even happened sometimes. And obviously when you've got to travel to a different country or even a different town, you kind of need to know so you can book hotels, travel, that kind of stuff. So I set up a group. It's just gigs and festivals worldwide because I'm really crap at coming up with names for things. But again, that's something that I do want all the DJs and all the bands to sort of know about it and promote their stuff in it so that, you know, if you're in the UK or if you're going to the UK or if you're going to Germany, you can just go into the relevant group and say, okay, what's that? What's going on while I'm there? And you haven't got to ask all your friends or do a Google search or, you know, whatever all these other different ticket sites are and things like that. Or you don't have to rely on Facebook algorithms, which we all know are basically really shit to find out what's going on. You can actually have this place that you can go and go, right, what's going on? Or what's going on in my own area? Because even in my own area, I don't know what's going on half the time. But if people can get behind it and if people want to help contribute and want to help collaborate on it, I would be so grateful because it's something I think that could benefit all of us. Oh, absolutely. And it makes a world of difference when you have uh, recommendations from folks that you trust or folks that you know have the, have similar tastes so that you can you can say, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. Because I know the same thing happens when I have friends who are like, oh, I, I'm going to New York. What do you recommend? And because I haven't lived there in 15 years, it's uh, it's complicated because things have changed so much that you want to kind of get an understanding of, OK, well, what venues are available? What's happening where? Who's DJing? And and what you know what's the cadence of the the events going on or or gee you know what bands might be coming around that you'd be able to catch when you're in New York or you know wherever you're traveling uh resources and directories like that are really awesome because I remember back in the late 90s early aughts where folks used to do so many different directories there was like gothic Chicago and NYC goth and all these different sites that would tell you these are the shops these are the the club nights going and these are the regular things but if they're not kept up, kept up to date they're useless right exactly I mean I remember yeah before everyone relied on the internet you used to be able to sort of like go into your local pub and you'd pick up a magazine and everything that was going on not just in your town but in the adjacent towns as well would all be in there so right. you know what's replaced that 
and I'm sure things exist. I'm not the only person on the planet, I'm sure, that's thought about this. So I'm sure there are already groups out there. If someone knows about something that already exists, please just tell me, because I'm more than happy to not spend more time on something that's existing already, you know, but... This might be hard for you, but this is going to double back to uh, what our second question was. But you actually have to choose this time. What song would you like to play us out on? Actually, this isn't hard at all. This was actually a song that was released in 1979. It's an old punk song, although I didn't actually hear it until about 15 years ago. But instantly it became my favorite because it's brilliant, it's clever, and it's just bloody hilarious. It was one of those things, like I say, when I hear something amazing, I want everyone to hear it. It really was for this. And I didn't know anyone back then, so it's not like I could actually do anything. I didn't know a DJ, I didn't know anybody. But all my friends were like, you listen to this. And some of them appreciated it. Not all of them had the right sense of humor. Sad bastards, what can I say? But anyway, um, but it is now it's kind of like now I am in a position where I know DJs and stuff. It's like, OK, the band's still going. They only seem to, they're from the northeast of England. And that is, I think, pretty much where they perform right now. They don't seem to tour anywhere else as far as I can see, which is a shame because I'd love to see them live. But it is one of those things. But even back then, it was kind of a mission that I wanted to get them known better. But I did actually contact the band last year because I thought, you know, I'd, I'd ask people, even old punks, and they didn't remember having heard it. And then even more recently with DJs that I know, only probably half a dozen actually had heard of them. And yet this song is just brilliant. So got in touch, contact with the band, asked them, because they have got a band camp page, asked them, please, can you re-release your single? Let me promote the hell out of it. I know DJs, some of whom will play it. And uh, he seemed quite keen initially, but then I think I probably scared them off because I can be a bit of an overexcited puppy. I admit it. So um, it's been on the back burner ever since. I still fully intend to persuade them, though, and get it out there if I can. So I'm going to basically send them a link to this podcast they can see that, yes, I am absolutely terrifying. And yes, I am mad as a box of amazing space frogs. See what I did there. But I do get <laughs> <laughs> but I do get things done. So as I just kind of intimated, the band is called Amazing Space Frogs. The song is called I'm Into Necrophilia. And yes, you're all bloody welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Shelley. My pleasure. Don't ride. She don't grow cause she ain't alive She lies on her back, she never said no Cause she died Three days ago I'm into necrophilia I think it's so much easier I'm into necrophilia 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 Glazy eyes, 
podcast was almost called fake goth fake leather pervert